Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. If you've got your Bible, you can look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, we'll be starting from. And also Luke chapter 4, you can put a marker there too. Same, uh, same historical story, just different authors. We're, uh, we're going to look at the life of Jesus today, which is good. We're going to see how Jesus in this passage, he goes from being basically known as a 30-year-old Jewish carpenter. Who knows that Jesus was Jewish and he was a carpenter? And he goes from being this 30-year-old Jewish carpenter into progressing to uh, being revealed as the Messiah progressing in his calling and in his assignment. Big calling, big assignment, wasn't it? But it's God's heart for all of us to progress. He wants increase for his people. He doesn't want you to be the same in a year's time as you are today. The reason we read the word, the reason you spend time with God, the reason we come to church or part of it is because he wants you to progress. He wants you to increase, go from glory to glory. Philippians 3.16, Paul says, let us live up, live up to what we have already attained. Meaning everything we've attained as children of God, you have to learn to walk in it. You have to learn to live in that, to mature as sons and daughters. The Bible makes it pretty clear that Jesus, he was an example of us, wasn't he? An example of us. So that means that we can have the same relationship with the Father and you can have the same outworking of the kingdom as Jesus did. And there's been times in my life, I don't know about you, I think we all face this, where you can get stuck, where you feel like you're not progressing, where you can look at the Word of God and you can see everything that's available to you and you just, I'm not seeing it. You're just not seeing it in your life. I'm not seeing the kingdom outwork as, as I should, as I see it in the Word. And you can always have greater intimacy with the Father. And it's God's heart to unstick you today. It's God's heart for you to progress, to go from glory to glory, to increase. Who wants to increase? Good. So we're going to look at this, uh, this passage in Jesus' life. We're going to see how he, uh, how he increases, how he progresses. We're going to get some keys, some principles that we can, uh, that we can take out of this. So that, we can, uh, so that we can increase. Andrew last week spoke on the third day church and it was about the church rising up. And this message flows on well from that because this is about you personally. This is about you rising up. This is about you rising up and seeing more of the kingdom in your life. So let's go. We're in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus has just come from Galilee. He comes to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And when he'd been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus, the first thing that happens for him to progress is he has this incredible encounter with the Father. 
the heavens open up, the Spirit of God comes down, rests upon him, and the Father says over him, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is the first principle that every, every believer needs to live in. And this is our position, understanding your position in God. And this is a picture of the saved son. Now, Jesus didn't need to be saved. We know that. And you don't need to be baptized to be saved either. I'll just clear that up because some people do believe that, but we don't. But this is a picture for us of salvation, of everyone who says yes to Jesus. The heavens are open to you. There's always an open heaven above you. My, how the church... I'm talking about the broader church here, has cried out, God, open the heavens. You know, the, the Isaiah 64 prayer, rend open the heavens. Yes. It's already done. Yeah. That scripture fulfilled it. Yeah. The heavens were torn open, and now as sons and daughters of God, you have complete access to the resources of the Father. You have complete access to his kingdom. So there's always an open heaven above you. What else happened? The Spirit of God came down upon him. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit who comes within you. He renews your spirit. He makes you a new creation. You're adopted into the family. You're an adopted child. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man, that's gender inclusive, man or woman, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's talking about your spirit. That's talking about your nature. So your, your sin nature is renewed. It's, it, it, the Holy Spirit disposes of that, and then you have a new nature. You now have the very nature of Jesus in you today. That's why you're more than conquerors, not because of yourself, but because of Jesus. God now sees you in the perfect son, Jesus. He now sees you in his son. Are we getting this? You've got the spirit of Jesus within you. It's incredible. And what else happened? The father spoke over him. He spoke to him. So God can speak to you. We can speak to God personally through his Holy Spirit. You're in a relationship with the Father. Has anyone ever been in a relationship and you don't talk to each other? It's a little bit weird, isn't it? Just a thought. You can, he, can, he can speak to you. And he says, you are my beloved son, he says over Jesus. This is my beloved son. And that's a picture of everyone's position in this room, listening on podcast. You're a beloved son or daughter. Beloved son or daughter. He loves you just the way you are. That's amazing. This love is unearned, it's unconditional, and it's undeserved. You can't earn it. You cannot earn and you do not deserve the love of God today. We need to get that in our heads. Because that makes for secure sons. See, if I can't earn it, that means there's nothing I can do to lose it. That means if I've had a bad week, if I make a mistake, if I stop up, if I'm not doing any works, I still can't lose the love of God. He loves you just the way you are. Religion will say, I have to work, I have to strive, I have to, I have to pray for people, I have to help the poor, I have to do all these things, and they're great, but I have to do that to earn God's love. You don't earn it. You can't earn his love. God wasn't up in heaven looking down on the earth, looking at humanity, and he said, well, you know what, they're just, they're acting incredibly well today. You know, they are doing so good. They've really earned this, so I'm going to send my son Jesus down to die for them. 
We didn't earn it. He, he came down and died for us because he loved us with all his heart, because he loved us, not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, but because he loved us. And everyone needs to get that revelation today. It's very difficult for you to progress in life if you're not a secure son. Because the minute we stuff up, we feel like we have to run back to God, we feel like we have to get on our knees, grovel because we've lost our position. But you don't lose your position. In whom I'm well pleased, he said over Jesus. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. No works, no raising of the dead, no cleansing lepers, no driving out demons. But God was pleased with him. And that's your position today. God's pleased with you today. He says over you, you are my beloved son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? Amen. That's good. So Jesus, he has this understanding, he has this encounter with the Father and he progresses. And this is the first foundation, the first principle that we need to take to be able to, to, be able to progress is we need to understand this. And there's always a deeper revelation in it. No one's completely there yet because it's a mystery. So you need to understand that today. That's the first key. Understanding your position. Beloved child of God. Amazing. Flip over. We're moving across to Luke chapter 4. A bit more detail in this passage. Verse 1. Then Jesus... Being filled with the Spirit, that's you today, amen? Filled with the Spirit? Yes? Good. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. As you would be. You would be very hungry after 40 days. There's not much to me, so after 40 days, I'd be incredibly hungry. So on the grander scale here, what's happening? The Holy Spirit leads Jesus. Jesus is partnering with the Holy Spirit into warfare against the enemy. We know that Jesus is going to take back what Adam lost, what fallen man lost. When he gave in to temptation, Adam lost his authority on earth. He lost the keys to the kingdom. So Jesus is going back, going into the wilderness to defeat the enemy and to take back fallen man's authority. The reason we have authority today is because of Jesus. But it's a, this is a picture for us of our inner world. This is a picture of you of, of once you're a saved, safe son of your inner world, of learning to partner with the Holy Spirit because this is a work of the Spirit. We never do life on our own. He strengthens us. So this is about Jesus was led by the Spirit. So it's partnering with the Holy Spirit to learn to be conquerors in our inner world to go into warfare against the enemy, to overcome the issues of our souls so that we learn to live as overcomers. You can't progress if your inner world's in chaos because everything flows out of the inner world. Life flows out from within you. So if, there's, if, if my inner world's in chaos, then it's very difficult to progress in life. It's very difficult to see more of God's kingdom, to outwork his kingdom in you, to operate in your calling. Okay? So Jesus is led by the Spirit. And he comes, and there's three temptations he faces here. This is about our soul. He faces the, the temptations of his mind, his will, and his emotions. And so let's look. We're in verse 3. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, 
It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Your translation might say every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what's going on here? The enemy, he wants Jesus to be controlled, consumed by his natural mind. Jesus wants to eat. He's being tempted with a fleshly desire. And so the enemy wants him to operate out of a natural mindset, of a carnal mindset that wants to meet every desire of the flesh. But Jesus says, man shall not live by fleshly desires alone. Fleshly desires aren't bad if they're controlled, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Living by the word of God. And this is the, this is the second key today. The second principle to being able to progress in your life is you have to learn to renew your mind. You have to learn to live in God's word, what he says about you, who God is, the, the principles of the kingdom. That's how we get these from renewing our mind through living in his word. And so it's very difficult for people to progress when they're stuck in a natural mindset. You know, this is where we get all the issues of the soul. We get things uh, that create bondage in our life. So sins, struggles with sin, addiction, uh, you know, lust, pride, greed, all these things, bitterness, offense. All these things are issues of the soul which are coming from an unrenewed mind. You're not living from God's word. And that's why it's so important to renew our minds. Romans 12.2, don't be conformed to this world. And how do we not conform ourselves to the world, to the fleshly desires of the world, to being controlled by them? By the transform, we, we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, so you need it. This is about getting into God's word and feeding yourself with his word. It's not, you know, you don't have to be in it all the time, but it's just getting some scriptures to live from. Just getting in his word, five minutes, ten minutes, it doesn't have to be long, and you just say, this is, this is what I'm going to feed myself with today. You know, John 8, 31, Jesus says, if you abide in my words. So if you abide in the word, if you abide in this word today, you shall know the truth. So you shall know who you are, who you're created to be. You shall know who God is, who your creator is, who your father in heaven is. You shall know that. And the truth will set you free. What are you being set free from? The issues in your soul. You're being set free so that you can live as an overcomer. See, we need to abide in his word today. The living word of God is what we need to live by. It is so powerful. It breaks down every stronghold. It breaks down every addiction. It breaks off every issue of our soul. Because we live from the truth. We live from the truth. So... Just for an example, because I like making this very practical for all of us, if, you, if you're struggling with, uh, with, a, with a bondage of, of, of sin today, well, then you can get the word and you can say, okay, Romans 6.18 tells me that we are no longer slaves to sin because we're a new creation. That means you're no longer led by sin. That means sin no longer has power over you, but we're slaves to righteousness. So you're slaves to the nature of God. That means you're under His power. That means you're led by righteousness. You're not led by sin, you're led by righteousness. And so you get that verse in your head and you begin to meditate upon that. You begin to, you begin to feed yourself on that word and it begins to break off. It begins to set you free from bondage. And so we do that with, 
with the areas in our soul God wants us to live by his word, Jesus says to the enemy, no, I'm not going to be, be consumed by this natural mindset which wants to fulfill every desire of the flesh. He's saying, no, I'm living by the word of God. And that's how we progress today. That's our second key is we live from his word. And remember, it's partnering with the Holy Spirit in that. Jesus was led by the Spirit. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit in that. So we've got understanding our position and living from God's word, which teaches us to live from our position, doesn't it? And so let's move on. Let's look at verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So what's going on here? This is, this is about the will. Jesus is being tempted in his will. The, the enemy wants Jesus to surrender himself to the, to, to the devil, so then Jesus can't progress. See, Jesus can't progress in his assignment and his calling if he's not surrendered to the Father. And the enemy wants Jesus to be surrendered to everything else. And this is the third key, and this can be a challenging one for us because the will is powerful. But the third key is surrendering our will to the Father. Surrendering your will to God today. You have to learn to surrender to God. Jesus said, we shall worship the Lord your God and Him only should I serve. So that's about surrendering ourselves to God. It's about putting ourselves in a position where God is number one in our life. That's how you progress. That's how we move forward. That's how I see more of the kingdom in my life. That's how I increase in my relationship with the Father when I say, yes, God, you are number one. Because see, a lot of people... A lot of believers, a lot of good Christians, they want to see more of God. They want to progress. But God isn't number one. Things like work, finances, money, family, friends, sport, TV, movies, social life. Come on, I've got my social life, God. All these things are fine. They're not, I'm not saying these are bad. They're great. We, we need these things. But what I'm saying is what is number one in our life? What's number one in your life? If you want to see more of the kingdom, if you want to increase in your purpose, your calling, and your assignment, you need to place God as number one. There's a, there has to be a level of surrender where you say to the Father, like Jesus in the garden, Luke chapter 22, he doesn't want to go to the cross. He doesn't. But he says, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And there has to be a level of surrender where we can say to God, not my will, but yours be done. Not mine, God, but yours. The will, it comes from the Greek word thelema, and it literally just means what you wish, what you want, or what you desire. And God knows sometimes the things we wish, want, desire aren't going to help us. They're not. Some things we need to break off in our lives so that we surrender ourselves to God. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, no, it is written, it is written, I shall worship the Lord my God. I shall worship Him. For me, this involves, I remember, a couple years ago, 
you can ask Beck, my wife, I was, I, was, I was loving running, but I began to live, eat, sleep, drink, everything running. Because that's what I wanted to do. It was, my, it was, it was, it was just like a hobby. It was, I really enjoyed this. And I was getting more into the Word. And I'm like, God, I'm seeing all this. I'm seeing everything that's available to me. And I want to increase in this. I want to have a greater intimacy with the Father. Here's a thought. If you want to spend more time, if you, if you want to have a greater intimacy with God, then you have to sacrifice time. You have to sacrifice a, a, a little bit of your life to spend more time with Him. And so, you know, I, I wanted this and I, and I said to God, and I, I was in, in my prayer time, and this was clear as day, He said to me, well, who's number one? Who's number one? Because whoever we put number one is who we come underneath. So whose authority are you coming underneath? Who are you surrendering yourself to? Jesus says in Luke 9.23, he says, if anyone wants to follow me, who, who agrees that we progress when we follow Jesus? Yeah? We're, we, we progress in our assignment, our calling when we're following Jesus. Whoever wants to follow me must take up his cross and deny himself. Deny self, take up your cross. And a lot of us don't like this. I don't really want to deny myself a lot of the time. But what's he saying? He's saying there has to be an element of sacrifice. There has to be an element of sacrifice where I say, okay, God, there's things that I want to do, but if, if I want to see more of your kingdom, if I want to progress, then there has to be an element where I say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of this like I did with my running. I'm going to take, take a bit of time off I'm going to spend more time with you because I want to increase, because I want to progress, because I want to see more of his promises in my life. And so we need to think about, every person needs to think, okay, does God have my heart? Does God have my heart today? Or, or is my heart running off, chasing us after other things? This is what Jesus showed. I know this can, this can feel a bit negative. This can feel a bit challenging. But this is what Jesus shows us to progress. So the enemy wants us off chasing everything else. But Jesus says, no, I'm surrendered to the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. Are we still okay? Do I need to tell some jokes to lighten everyone up? That's good because I don't have any good ones. When I'm a dad, I will. <laughs> All right, so we've got understanding our position. We understand our position as beloved sons and daughters. We, we renew our minds, so we're living from God's word, and then we, are, are we surrendering our will to God? Are we surrendering ourselves to the Father? And then this is the fourth key. Let's look at, we're in verse 9 now, moving along nicely. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. So the, the, the devil brought Jesus to Jerusalem set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you. Look at verse 12. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And we've got our mind, our will, and so this one is about our emotions. The enemy brings Jesus up. Imagine, think about if you were Jesus for a minute, put yourself in his shoes, you're in the wilderness, you're hungry. How do you think you'd be feeling emotionally? 
maybe a little bit tired, maybe a little bit lonely. God, where are you? I've been in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted and tried. What's his emotional state going to be like? Not that great. Remember, yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was still fully human. So he had emotions, didn't he? We see that in the temple. He gets angry, starts throwing over tables. Jesus has emotions. And so the enemy, what's he doing? He says, if you are the son of God. He's trying to get Jesus to act out of negative emotions. He's trying to get Jesus, he's trying to get his emotional state to lead him. The enemy is saying, if you're the son of God, do this. But what does Jesus say? This is interesting. He says, it's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And he's referring to the, the Israelites when the, in Exodus chapter 17. And, they, and they're in a, in a town called Massa. They're in a place called Massa. And they get angry with God. They get angry with him because they lost a battle. And they say, God, where are you? Where are you, God? We're angry with you. They're acting out of their emotional state. And this is the fourth key to being able to progress. These are some tough principles today, I know. This is not letting negative emotions lead you. Dealing with negative emotions. Not letting your negative emotions take you out of your position in God. Do we understand that? That, that we have these emotions, and emotions aren't bad. You know, emotions are not bad. Paul says, grieve with those who are grieving. You know, we deal with these emotions. In life, we have emotions. We face problems, challenges, good times, bad times. And we have these emotions that we need, we need to learn to deal with. But see, the problem is, is when we let them control the way we think, when we let them control the, the, way, the, the way we act, and when we let them control what we choose. See, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm letting negative emotions control me, how can I if, I... if I'm struggling with anger, and so you get angry, well, then how can I act out of my position as a son of God when I'm angry? I can't love on people. If I'm angry at God, I can't have a great relationship with the Father. With fear. If I'm always feeling fear, and fear is a big one, but how am I meant to step out in my calling? How are you meant to start that business? How are you going to step out in faith and pray for people? How are you going to operate in your prophetic gifting? How are you going to, how are you going to operate as a son if you let fear control you? Do we understand this? So this is about your emotions, sadness. I mean, there's, we all face this. There's many days where I just wake up in the morning and I just say, you know what? I just don't feel like it today, God. I don't feel like it. I'm sad. I had a long day yesterday. I'm sad. But see, the psalmist David, what does he do? He faces all these emotions. He goes through sadness. He goes through these hard times. But what does he do? He's saying, God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? All my enemies are around me. But then he's acting out of his emotional state, but then he begins to speak the truth, doesn't he? He begins to build himself up. God, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are my deliverer. And he's speaking the truth over himself. And so this is, this is how we deal with our emotions. We speak the truth. And so, you know, I wake up in the morning, some mornings, and I'm just like, you, I just don't feel like it today. I don't feel like a son of God. I don't feel loved. I don't, I don't, I don't feel cherished, God. But, you know, we speak the truth. Speak the truth. No, I am a son. I, I, you are a daughter. You're a son. 
and you speak the truth. I'm an overcomer. Even though I'm feeling this way, even though I'm not feeling like I'm a son, an overcomer, a conqueror, even though I'm not feeling like it, you know what? I'm going to live from the truth today. It's very difficult to progress in life if you get stuck in your emotional state, in negative emotions, you don't progress. Have we, we've, I've met people like that. Not a lot, which is good. But you see them, you know, one year, two years, three years later, and they're still, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, life, life sucks. They're still like that. But they're sons and daughters of God. They're not living from the truth. And that's how we deal with negative emotions. We live from the truth like Jesus. No, no, Jesus is saying, no, I'm not going to let my emotions, I'm feeling lonely now, I'm feeling like this, but I'm not going to let my emotions control the way I think, the way I choose, and the way I act. And that's the fourth key, is we, we control, we deal with these negative emotions. So Jesus, he goes through this. He has this encounter with the Father. He's living in these principles. He understands who he is. He, he, he's affirmed in that. He's living by the word of God. He's living by God's word. And then he's surrendering himself to the Father, which is an important one. God has my whole heart. And then he's not acting out of his emotional state. And then he, let's see what happens. In Luke, we're in verse 15. Look at verse 15. Sorry, 14. This is important. Then Jesus, so he's overcome. He's learning to live as an overcomer. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went throughout all the surrounding region and he taught in all their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he began his ministry. But do you see that? Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He was led in by the Spirit. So remember, it's partnering with the Holy Spirit. He progresses. He takes, he's living in these principles. He's, he's beginning, he, he, he controls his inner world. He's not letting his inner world, he's, he's bringing life out of it. And he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the power. That's progression. That is upgrade. Is it not? Yeah. Increase. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Amazing. Begins his ministry. After going through all these principles, living from then, Jesus comes out in the power of the Spirit. Greater anointing. And see, when we take these principles today, when, when you take this, you know, look at, look at it. Okay, am I fully understanding my position today? Are you fully understanding your position? Do you, do you really know that you're God's beloved, that he's well pleased with you just the way you are? Just the way you are. Not for when you go and pray for people, not when you go do all these things. They're great, but you're loved and he's pleased with you just the way you are. Do I truly understand that? That heaven is open to me that I have complete access to my Father, to his resources today. And then, am I renewing my mind? Am I living from God's word? Is, 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 am I feeding myself off that? Or, or, or am I just following every desire of the world and, and I'm not living by his word? I'm not renewing myself? Because that, that, we get, just get stuck in bondage. And so am I renewing my mind? Surrender to the Father. Am I surrendered? Are you surrendered to God today? Are you surrendered to God? There's always greater levels of surrender we can have. No one's fully there yet. There's always greatest levels of surrender. So if I want to progress, if I want to increase in my calling, in my assignment, 
Am I fully surrendered to you, God? Is, is there an area in my heart that you need to deal with? This is partnering with the Holy Spirit, remember. And then am I, am I acting out of my position? Am I living from this position today as a son of God? Or am I living out of my emotional state? Am I letting my emotions get the better of me? Am I feeling sad? So, nah, not today. Live out of your position. Deal with your negative emotions. And so we take these principles and increase. This is how you increase. God's heart for everyone is that we would live like Jesus in your gifting, in your character, in your calling. That you would take these principles and you live as an overcomer. That you would take these and you would begin to see the kingdom outworking in your life. You begin to see more of God. See, there comes a problem when children of God become complacent. God doesn't want us complacent. He wants us to see more of Him. He wants us to have greater intimacy with Him because He knows that when we're living in that, we're living as overcomers. We're living in the power of the Holy Spirit as a supernatural son or daughter, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to learn to live up to what we've already attained, don't we? As the Apostle Paul said, I've got to learn to mature as a son or daughter. No one's fully there yet. Whether you think you're down here or up there, there's always more. There's always more for us. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that it was because of you, because of your sacrifice, that you loved us with all your heart, that you went to the cross so that we could have positions, as you did, as sons and daughters of the living God. Strengthen us in that revelation, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us today over every person right now that they are beloved sons and daughters, that your beloved sons and daughters in whom God is well pleased, that you don't earn it, you don't deserve it, but he just loves you for who you are. It's a complete gift, a complete work of the Holy Spirit. And he loves you with all his heart. And that's a word for some people in here today that you've been striving. You've been trying to work for God's love. But he's saying, no, he loves you. He loves you just the way you are. And that's the platform that you get to live from. That's the platform that, that you begin to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit from because you can never lose his love. He loves you with all his heart today. He's well pleased with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that none of this is on our own, that we take these principles, that we learn that, that you're, you're beside us, Holy Spirit, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you teach us to live as overcomers, that for those who are stuck, that God's heart for you is that you would increase. God's heart for you is that you would progress today. He's got such a big call on everyone's life. And the Holy Spirit is ministering to people right now. And He's revealing to you how precious you are to the Father. That He wants you to increase. He wants you to progress today. He wants you to rule within your inner world so that you begin to rule in your outer world. 
that you begin to rule and reign with the Father. That's who you were created to be today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you created us to be sons and daughters, that you looked at this generation and you declared, these are the people, these people will rule and reign with me on earth. They'll release the kingdom, release the healing power of the Holy Ghost. Release the love of God. Release the mercy of the Father. That, Father, you say over everyone in this place that you've called us to have great influence. Great influence. You've called us to rise up in this hour. To rise up. To rise up. To live in great victory. And so I declare over every person in this place that, Holy Spirit, you have brought us great victory. And that we live in your victorious blood, Jesus, as overcomers in our inner world. That we're called to release heaven and to forbid all evil. That we're called to reverse the works of the enemy today. Reverse the works of the enemy in your own life and in those around you. So we thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Lord. You are a good father. You are an amazing father. You are so good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.